Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 47 of the We Are Speaking podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. We are very glad you're joining us today. This podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including online training and one-on-one coaching to independent writers and creative and solo professionals. You can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website, on the Substack app, or your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking, in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Good to be here. Okay. The overall name for this episode is, for Republicans, the cruelty is the point. And we're going to talk about a couple of, a a few separate but related topics. And we're going to start out with the abortion debate. And what we are trying to do, when I say we, I mean people with sense, is to reframe abortion as women's health care. Because that is what it is. These people who say, you know, we stand for life, we stand for life. You get and number one, and we've talked about this before. For most people, life does not begin until the fetus can take a breath. A six-week-old, at six weeks, first of all, the woman barely knows she's pregnant. She's only missed one period. Number one. Number two, it's not even a fetus. It is an embryo, and what they call a heartbeat is electrical current going through something the size of a smaller than the size of your fist. It's like about three inches around. And so to say that's life is a misnomer because it's not. And, and try taking an embryo or a fetus out of the mother at six weeks, 12 weeks, even 10 weeks. It cannot survive outside of the mother. So until it can survive outside of the mother, it is not a human being separate from the mother. The second thing that these pro-life, in quotes, pro-life people are saying is that Women who seek abortions, oh, they just got lazy. They, they just had sex with any old body, and now they just want to abort the, abort the baby. That is not true. Most, oh, they also say that Democrats want to kill the baby all the way up until birth. That is also not true. Roe v. Wade only went until 24 weeks, because at 24 weeks, that is called viability. A fetus at 24 weeks, if it is born, Pretty, I mean, it's still kind of small because that, that's 12 weeks less than the 36 weeks. But it, it is more able to take a breath and live outside of the, the woman's body. Before that, it's not. Yes, there's a couple of miracles where they, where they have the baby up into all kind of tubes and all that. And after a while, it might be able to. But usually if, some, if, a, if a baby is born that premature, they have all kinds of problems because they have not fully developed. But the main reason why women seek abortion is for, not just for convenience sake, 
but because, but because there's something wrong with the fetus. And this is where we're trying to turn it into women's health care. Now, with all of these states having these draconian abortion restrictions, women all over the country are dying, little dying or almost dying, because the doctors cannot treat them or will not treat them because the doctors are afraid they'll end up in prison, they'll end up losing their license. And there have been, and just in the last you know few months, there was a woman who's, who was bleeding out. She went to the emergency room. They told her to get back in her car and come back when she's close to a heart attack. There was another woman, and this happens, this happens a lot. There was another woman who was pregnant with twins. And not only was she pregnant with twins, she and her husband were really looking forward. To, they had a four-year-old son. They were really looking forward to having another child. She got pregnant with twins. One of the twins was dead inside of her. And, and, this, and this happens, not, I mean, not frequently, but a lot. So, so she went to the doctor, and the doctor said, that if and, and this happens when a, a lot of times when people are, are pregnant with twins, one twin is dead or one twin is is a danger to the other twin and to the mother. That's frequently with twins. Well, when I say twin, uh, frequently, I mean it happens okay, enough okay. so that people notice it. Right. And the usual thing is that you abort the dead twin to allow the other twin to develop and to help with the mother. They said that she couldn't do that; that they wouldn't do that, even though the dead twin, who's already dead in her stomach. With all kinds of infections and all that. Now, luckily, this family, it's in Texas, this family had had the resources to fly her to another state to get this medically necessary abortion for the dead fetus. But because she had to wait so long, because the original doctor wouldn't do it, she probably will not be able to have any more children. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. One thing I wanted to point out, because I had... And, do, and doing some uh, preliminary research on, on the issue. And I came across something from the World Economic Forum, which I think really pertains. I think it's really important what you said in the beginning, that the movement now, I, I, uh, we're not just talking about this as abortion mm-hmm. uh, and a pro, you know, pro or anti-abortion, it's a pro-life, et cetera, right. but calling women's health. Right. And right. I think also, because I've always had a problem before I go into this with the term Pro-life, right? Right. Because my because that pro everybody's pro-life, right? Exactly. Anybody who's drawing breath is pro-life. What you are, you're anti-abortion, right? Is what exactly. you are. You're not pro-life. You're anti-abortion. But but and I think when you frame this whole argument in terms of women's health, it brings it into the the much bigger arena where it really belongs. Mm-hmm. So when you focus on all the uh, mischaracterizations that come along with abortion, et cetera, and all the hyper-politization hyper-politiz- uh, that comes along with that. And everybody is getting so focused on one little dot on right. the map. Right. And this is really, it's like looking at one one blade of grass in Texas. Right. I mean, the issue is much, much bigger than that. Much we talk bigger. about what women's health. And in the uh, World Economic Forum, just a few paragraphs that I think really frames it, said what the real issue is that women's health is ignored basically mm-hmm. overall. It's not. It's not. Women are not paid attention to in a lot of issues, but, right. but but their health, and so it's causing, like with the issue you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, but this is from the World Economic Forum. Women generally live longer than men, but spend more of their life in poor health. Moreover, they are confronted with persistent barriers to accessing health care, and challenges such as gender discrimination, lack of education, and domestic violence persist. Mm-hmm. The, the current health care system is failing to address women's health needs. A newly published report from United Nations agencies and the World Bank shows that globally, 800 maternal deaths occur every day, 
one every two minutes due to child pregnancy and childbirth complications. Despite the progress and ambitions to end maternal deaths, the world will lose more than one million lives if we continue with this trend. Where research and development is concerned, up until 1993, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration did not require that women be included in clinical trials. Mm -hmm. Today, only 4% of all biopharma research and development spending goes toward female-centric issues. Think about that for a minute. 4%. Right, right. right. 4% of all all research and development Mm -hmm. spending goes toward female-centric issues, leading to a lack of understanding of women's health issues. 2019 study revealed that 52% of women considered gender discrimination with a healthcare provider to be a serious issue, and 25% said they did not take their pain seriously. Right. And and we and you can think about that and about so many things that we hear about so often, whether it's the issue of rape, right. whether the, the alleged rape involving uh, the former president. Right. Uh, and, and that was that's just one of them that's coming to trial. Again, that's not taken seriously. We heard the story about the attorney. The defensive terms defending, right. defending Trump was attacking the woman basically because she didn't scream and cry. Right. She couldn't have been raped. Right. And, and what this is for the people, and when I say people, I mean Republicans and Republican politicians, legislators. This is about control. Okay. Mifepristone, the, the medication that's up in the air right now, is used not only for abortion, but also for miscarriage. One in five pregnancies ends in a miscarriage. And a miscarriage, that means that the body has decided there's something wrong. And when you miscarry, it is painful. And not only is it painful because it's like you're going into labor, so you have that kind of pain, but also you need to expel that from your body. Or else all of the, all of that dead, dead fetus and all of that is in your body. All kinds of infections. Women are dying from being infections. And because uh, one of the primary infections is called sepsis. And not only is it is it life threatening, but then because your body hasn't cleaned out because of the miscarriage. And, and, and this is what the medication helps to do. Or you can get it from a doctor that actually helps when you help a miscarriage to complete. They call that an abortion. No, it's cleaning out the dead fetus, no matter what stage it's in, to clean out the, me- the dead fetus from the body. Or else it would, just like anything else, if you let something dead just sit there, it will rot and infect everything else. And because miscarriage happens relatively often, when, when there's a couple and they're really excited, oh, I think I'm, we're pregnant, but we're not going to tell anybody yet. Because it's, all kinds of things can happen th- during the first three months, during the first months of a pregnancy. So, so when, when you have people making these decisions who have no medical training like this judge, and are just doing it on principle because after they said they want no abortion, they also don't want birth control. Okay, and even President Obama said the the one way to reduce abortions is to increase birth control. And the, the states in the South, in the Bible Belt, they are the ones that have the most unwanted pregnancies because they think just telling somebody, especially teenagers, not to do it that that's going to work. That doesn't that doesn't work. The thing that I have never quite understood. We have the statistics and the facts about the discrimination against women and women's mm-hmm. health care is, is way low, low on the overall priority, which means overall low on the priority list with most men. Mm-hmm. But you have a lot of women, these Republican right-wing women, right. who are right alongside exactly. that, who experience these same issues. And right. that's the thing. It's just hard to understand why in the world they're backing this up. Well, you know, they, they, they buy into the same thing. Unfortunately, there's a lot of women who buy into this patriarchy. Okay. And... 
before the birth control pill in the 60s and then Roe versus Wade in the 70s, literally women were chained to the house, which is what men, those kind of men want, because they couldn't advance in their career because they would have child after child after child after child. And there are many women. That's what they want. They want to get married. They want to stay home. They want to raise a family. That's fine. But there are other women who don't want that. And a lot of men don't want that for their for their wives. They want their wives to advance in their career. Or when a couple decide, you know, couple gets together, they decide, okay, now we're looking into the future. We think two kids, two kids will be perfect. Four kids, four kids will be perfect. And the and and then so birth control helps them to regulate their own family planning. And so when we're talking about birth control and all of that. People know how they want to plan and raise their families. And so we want to keep a watch on this because it's getting worse and worse and worse. The woman who uh, lost lost a twin and had to fly out of state, she she testified before the Texas the, the in, in Texas. And neither of the senators in Texas were at this hearing. Okay, of course they weren't. But she spoke to them anyway. She and they said, it, it is because of you talking to the two Texas senators, Cruz and Cronin, it is because of you that I almost died. It is because of you that I probably will not be able to have any more children because it wasn't handled early enough. And this is from a woman who had the means to get medical care in a whole other state. And so they're not even taking these kinds of things into consideration, but mainly it's, well, there's two things. They want when I say they, I mean these Republicans and, and these right. They want more white children born, number one, and number two, it's a, it's a matter of control over women because they, they're the ones who decried women leaving the house to go to work. They decried that. They decried the fact that women can control their own sexuality with birth control pills because they want to, they want to not only regular birth control pills but the Plan B birth control bill, pill. They it, it's. Again, a matter of control. It's a matter of control of all of us. I mean, right. it's one, like right. you said, it's one thing if you're a woman who wants to stay home and raise the children, that's fine. My mother stayed home mm-hmm. to raise me. But that's where it's a choice. That was a choice. I say, choice. It's a choice. But when you want to impose that on everyone else, exactly. it's a problem. And we, the reason why they want to impose that on everyone else is because there is insecurity. Right. They're afraid that, okay, then they have their children and they want their children to follow that model. Right. And their kids see kids who are not being raised that way. Exactly. So their kids say, hey, maybe I can be like that. Instead, and they're like, oh, no, we can't have exactly, that. So exactly. they have to make the whole world, world do what they just want. like they do right. so they can protect their way of life. And, and, and before we take a quick break for, our, for, for a word from our sponsor, a, a true story. When my daughter was about two, I remember taking her to the park. On, and, and I remember when we were taking, older, young daughter. The, old, the oldest mm-hmm. one. And we were just, I was pushing her on the swing. And there was a white woman next to me, and she was pushing her child on the swing. And when I told her that I was also teaching full-time, she looked at me like I was crazy. She said, you're working full-time with a child? But your child seems so happy. This is exactly what she told me. <laughs> and I was like, huh, my mother was a teacher, and my grandmother was a teacher. So I, And so this was like in the early 70s. And there are still a lot of people who feel, like, the, same who feel way. the exact same way. And a, a, a quick word from our sponsor, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. You can find out more at teamowens 
gcc.com. We, um, our training and products and services are specifically for independent authors and creative and solo professionals. We work on branding and marketing because you can have the greatest product in the world, but if no one knows that it's out there, what good is it? Our, our, one of our taglines is, if you build it, they will come, is not a marketing strategy. So, so um, log on to Team Owens 313GCC.com to see what we can do to help you with your branding and marketing. And now back to the podcast. The other part, and this is all related because these are the Republicans being cruel. We talked about women's health care, the dehumanization of the other. Anyone who doesn't fit their tight little of what America should be, what people should be, they dehumanize them. And we're talking, we're talking, of course, about LGBT and trans people, but also anyone, black people, immigrants, oh, not immigrants from Norway, ground immigrants, they're the ones they don't like. Immigrants, anyone who is who who does not follow their narrow definition of what an American should be. Tucker Carlson, who just got fired, said that the reason why he doesn't like immigration is because all these brown people will come into um, into America, and then later on they'll be able to vote, and they'll take the place of the of the Americans who are already voting. Well, Michael Steele was just on. Oh, I think Michael, you saw that about. Yes. about well, the, uh, go ahead, Dr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Randy Weingarten is the president of the American Federation of Teachers. And she was called before Congress because Marjorie Taylor Greene wanted to know why Randy Weingarten had the nerve to help counsel the CDC during the um, height of COVID. And because during the height of COVID, it was very, very difficult for schools and for teachers because people forget how transmittable. COVID, it was and is. And I think we talked about this last week. They didn't want the schools to close without even thinking how transmit. You can sneeze and kill somebody. And so they were trying. And so, yes, it was horrible to take the kids out of school, but people were dying everywhere. And so, of course, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene didn't care about that. They just wanted their kids in school. And so Marjorie Taylor Greene asked Randy Weingarten, are you a doctor? And no, you're not a doctor. Then how come you can talk, tell the CDC what to do? She wasn't telling the CDC what to do. She was advising them as the president of the largest teachers union and a former teacher herself. And then she, Marjorie Taylor Greene will ask her about her own children. Well, that's but, now, this is the part. Randy Weingarten, she's, she's, she's married to a rabbi, to another woman, and the, her, her spouse has children. So Randy Weingarten is the stepmother to her spouse's children. So Marjorie Taylor Greene tells her, oh, you're not really a mother then. Only biological mothers can call themselves mothers. That's against adoption. That's a, and how dare she say only what women. What gives her the right? What gives her the right to, to only women who have biologically can call themselves mothers. Adoptive mothers, in Marjorie Taylor Greene's idea, are not real mothers. Uh, stepmothers are not real mothers. And Michael Steele really, really, I just, we just found this out. He was adopted. And he really, really jumped on, jumped on Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about ad- adoption. And for her to, for Marjorie Taylor Greene to say, unless you are a biological mother, you are not a mother. And the very last thing Michael Steele said, he was just on MSNBC. He said, Miss Greene, I want to remind you, you know that little boy named Jesus that you came to love so much? His daddy was a stepfather. <laughs> talking about Joseph. <laughs> So, you know, but it's it's just so it's just so cruel because the Republicans, they call themselves a family party, but only the kind of family that they talk about. And and they're 
and they're a bunch of liars. Right. I mean, because exactly. they don't all come from quote unquote traditional family. Exactly, exactly. They, exactly. And they know better than that. Exactly. And I said mm-hmm. this I said this because the Republicans were saying this when George W. Bush was president. Right. And they were talking about single parent homes. I said, Well, wait a minute, we just went into two illegal wars. All of these soldiers, uh, mothers and fathers, are being killed, leaving single parent homes, single family homes. <laughs> and, the, and, and, and also, there are all kinds of families. Right. Well, that's, that's the that's thing, a, and that's the thing they can't they, they, tolerate. The that. Well, yeah, but, but once again, it's because they they want they want an America they, that does not exist and that has never, never existed. existed. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Right, I mean, right. Before you know, America was they were get for a long time really. America was, in terms of the way America was portraying itself, mm-hmm. got away with that. Right. I mean, when, when we looked at all the TV programs, Father Knows Best, Leave It to Beaver, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. that, the way they were portraying itself, so people were saying, okay, this is all wonderful. Right. But right. once the real truth about America, what America really looked like right. exactly. came exactly. out, that's when people start getting highly upset. Right. And so that, that's and what's and that's, and that's why the patriarchal society, that's why they didn't like it when women went into the workplace. Right. Because when women were able to support themselves, Right. Okay. Right. After with, the world, as you said, that World yeah, War Two. Yeah. Right. At, well, after World War Two, but then at, with birth control in the '60s, mm-hmm. and then women going into the workforce because after their children went to school, mm-hmm. men didn't like that because the men wanted to control the women. It wasn't until the 1970s that women could get credit on their own, right. could buy their own houses, buy their own cars, and so a lot of times we, you know, we look at these, you know, oh, people didn't get divorced before 1970. Mm-hmm. Number one, they did, yeah. but number two, the reason why they didn't is because the woman could not support right. herself. And that's the thing with, with the thing with World War Two, because you know, because the men were off to at right, the war. right, so women were in the factories. That's right. That's so, right. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that was the biggest when the men came back. It's like, oh, say so now they also they want their jobs back. So now they're supposed to just get up and exactly, walk off. Exactly, exactly. And the last piece I want to, because this again, this is happening. Uh, oh, just talk about gerrymandering real quick. Yeah, the, what just happened today, actually in North Carolina, the, the North Carolina's Republican-controlled Supreme Court, they reversed three major vi- voting rights decisions made by the, the court. And what happened was the court had been 4-3 mm-hmm. uh, Democrat, what was well, Democratic appointed, just right, say, right, Democratic right. appointed, and now it's five two Republican because in the last election, mm-hmm. the, the the balance of power switched. So. The previous court had ruled, we believe, correctly, because the mm-hmm. North Carolina had been gerrymandered so bad that they, said it was, it, they basically said it was so out of control, they had to balance it right, because, right. They, because the state was so, so terribly gerrymandered. Mm-hmm. So this court came back in and reversed that decision and basically turned it back over, which is going to provide cause for, for uh, well, could cause additional four, oh, additional more, four, four Republican, Republican Congress, Congress people, people to go to Congress. Go to right. Congress. It's politicized in the court now to a degree. We see the Supreme Court. Right. But where and that's bad enough. Right. But we, we always stress where you really see it, where it really has a direct effect quickly on, on, on the ground, on, on local, local level. level. When we right. start getting all these judges who are just blatantly saying, Okay, I'm a Republican judge, right. I'm a Democratic judge, mm-hmm. you put me in and I'll I'll just strip all the way. Right. That that destroys and, the and, entire system. And this is why we say this every single time. Voting is essential, no matter how hard they try to make it for us. Because when they saw, when the Republicans saw what happened in the midterms, now they want to uh, they want to take away voting from from college students right. because the young people, for the most part, are voting Democratic because they're tired of this BS, you know, that the, the other people are doing. And so instead of 
having policies that, uh, that, that the people want, they're just going to say, no, you just are not going to vote. And the, the thing is, pe- the people are supposed to choose their representatives. The representatives don't choose the people. Exactly. Okay? And so we're going to keep harping on this because we have to fight this. And, and real quick on the drag shows, because that, that's another big thing all of a sudden. There have been drag, the people have, for a long people have been performing in drag for Oh, at least since the 19th century, and and before then, they have evidence that in Rome. Well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, back, back <laughs> when theater first started, women weren't actors, right. so the men had to play the women's and the men's right. part. But actually, actually, with women, with men dressing up as women and women right. is for entertainment. Right, that's been right. since the end of the 19th right. century right. And, and forward. Right, and so drag shows are. Uh, drag performers, that's what they are. They are performers. They are not necessarily gay, although a lot of them are. They are not necessarily trans, although some of them are. They are entertainers in costume. Okay? And just like any other actor goes into costume, any other entertainer goes into costume, that's what this is. They aren't pedophiles. They aren't groomers. They are actors. Okay? So now, in in Texas, of course, just for the last couple of days, there was supposed to be a, a field trip for first through third grade to go to see a, a the play of of the 1961 book James and the Giant Peach. It was written by Roald Dahl, D A H L. He wrote a, he he wrote a lot of children's books. And James and the Giant Peach, what happens is James is seven, I think he's like seven years old. His parents were killed, so he goes to live with his very mean aunts. That sounds like Cinderella, doesn't it? His aunts are so mean, and then and so James is out, and he gets some some magic pellets. Sounds like Jack and the Beanstalk, doesn't it? And the pellets he drops them on the way back home, and all of a sudden the giant peach grows up, comes out of the ground. <clears throat> And at first, his aunts want to they build a fence around the peach so that they can sell tickets for people to come see this huge peach. But somehow, James gets out of the house, and the peach it's, it's like it's like Alice in Wonderland. The peach helps him to get new friends, and he gets inside the peach. And the peach has care except for James and his aunts and a couple of other human characters. Most of the characters in the book, which is a, a children's book award winner, by the way, most of the characters are insects. There's a glowworm and a spider and all of that. And they're male and female insects, okay? And so now one parent said, because there are 20 characters in the play, but the theater group only has eight people, some of the men play women's parts, women insect parts, and some of the men, you know, and vice versa, because some of them have to play two and three mm-hmm. parts. And then, and someone else has said the glowworm, which is one of the characters, is a female glowworm because male glowworms don't glow. Okay, they don't light up. And so, if a man is playing a female glowworm, that's a drag show. And she complained, and they canceled the field trip and said because James and the Pe- Magic Peach is the the, the characters on the, the the characters who are actors. It, it making it a, a drag show because some of the men are playing female characters, female insect characters, and some of the women in the in the troupe are playing male characters, male insect <laughs> characters, and so they're, so they're blowing it so far out of proportion. And when I reread the whole story of James and the Magic Peach, because eventually he finds friends and all that, just like all those other stories with with, with, with characters who live with with terrible, in terribly abusive homes like Cinderella and all that, and they finally find happiness at the end. But Raoul Dahl, he's actually British, 
But he dedicated this particular book in 1961 to his daughter who was sick with measles and died from measles complications. He did not have her vaccinated against measles. And she died at age seven. And so, and I remember hearing about that before, but as I was researching this, I, I was reminded of that. But just the fact that classic children's stories are now being, you know, no, we're not going to see that. We're, we're, we're not, we're not going to allow our children to be groomed by where, where there's eight people in the theater troupe playing 20 characters, mostly insects. And because, because they switch back and forth between male and female, that's a drag show. Well, that explains Governor DeSantis fighting Mickey Mouse. And you're going exactly. up, you're going up against a fantastical character. Cause that's a whole, that's one big children's story. It's, it, it's ridiculous. So we just wanted to talk about number one, what's going on. And, and how I want people to start thinking of abortion is not just abortion, but as a part of overall women's health. And, and part two, we are going to keep harping on this and harping on this and harping on this. We've got to work now to make sure that we can vote no matter how hard it is, because these Republicans aren't your grandparents, Republicans. This is not Dwight D. Eisenhower, who was the best recent Republican president we've had. These people are crazy, and they are dangerous, and they are going to hurt everybody. And we will talk to you next week. Yep, we'll talk to you next week. (laughs) 